I believe in inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot, I've done a lot, and I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all, be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. It's the team. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Lavelle D. Munger, your host for Vail's World Podcast. And yeah, we have an interesting episode as usual. But before we get to it, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vail's World Podcast. If you would like to sponsor or be a co-host on a feature episode, or if you would like me to guess on whatever you're doing, feel free to shoot us an email at Vail's World Podcast at ldmonger.com. Also, don't forget to hit us up at anchor.fm slash Vail's World Podcast. That way you can leave a voice memo and be featured on an upcoming episode or become a monetary investor for as little as 99 cents a month. Support the movement. Now let's get on with the show. Today's good read, Begin Again, James Baldwin's America and its Urgent Lessons for Our Own by Eddie S. Glade Jr. This book was another suggestion from the Books and Bourbon Book Club. For those that don't know, we meet every second Wednesday. Feel free to follow the them at Books and Bourbon on Instagram for more information. Begin Again is one of those books on James Baldwin. And James Baldwin is definitely one of those individuals I didn't learn much about, but I was very familiar with his face, his voice, as well as some of his ideology. I didn't really know that there was conflict between him and the civil rights movement. Well, some of the leaders anyway. I knew he was from Harlem. Of course, I knew he was from Harlem. And Harlem's approach on a lot of civil issues is slightly different. So I got that. One of the things that he argued was that for every civil rights movement that is in the best interest of African-Americans, there's a anti-movement being created and born. We have Black Lives Matters, and then the answer for that, we have the Trumpsters. And that was the reassertion of white nationalism. This book gave us great insight on Jimmy, the abuse that he had from his stepfather, not being loved, not being accepted, being an outcast in a black community, wanting to keep his promises to black leaders, seeking understanding escaping the triumphs from America and going to places outside the country and understanding that, hey, these are some of the same issues that we have in a black community. Taking that knowledge and going back with a new perspective, a more revolutionized way of changing the ways of the past. James Baldwin was a great man. He should be talked about a little more, especially in African-American literacy. In the midst of pain, create some of the best writing, some of the best music, some of the best movies, some of the best creations. Within James Baldwin, he had a lot of pain. I highly suggest this book for anyone that's into black history and tired of the same five, 10 names that we talk about every February. If you are an aspiring author or if you just like reading about people that have displayed resilience, this book is for you. Begin Again, James Baldwin's America and its Urgent Lessons for Our Own by Eddie S. Glide Jr. Let me know how y'all feel. If y'all have any good read suggestions, feel free to hit us up on any of our social media 
outlets at Vales World Podcast or shoot us an email at Vales World Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now, what's popping? Man, in the midst of all of the good things that have happened in my life, there's a lot of fucked up things going on in society. One of the things that continue to stay on my brain are the black people that have been missing for days at a time and then have been found dead. Jelani Day in Illinois was missing for weeks and they found them dead. And that was a couple hours from my hometown in St. Louis. Still unsolved. But let's get closer. A beautiful young lady, Maya, was missing for days and they finally found her body in Central Florida in Orlando. This is not far from me at all. And a backstory behind it all is a maintenance guy, an obsessed maintenance guy, threw shots trying to holler at her. She, she said no. She continued to say no. He uses access to get inside of her apartment. And we don't know what happened in that apartment, but we do know she was found dead. And then a couple days later, we have two more missing young ladies in the, in the Central Florida area. Now, if this don't piss you off, I don't know what could. As a man that believes in protecting our women, it hurts. So don't be surprised when you meet a woman for the first time and she has to text her best friend and family member. This is where she at. This is who she with. She got a screenshot and, and, and share your, your Instagram profile just, just so people can know who she's with. Don't, don't feel bad when she has to share her location with loved ones when she's out. You may not be the crazy one, but it's so many crazies out here. And then we have a, a Texas high school shooting. A young man was being bullied for being privileged. He's been robbed, made fun of, beat up. I'm not sure how family and friends and faculty and staff didn't know about this situation to that extent. Mass shootings isn't about white or black. Mass shootings is about having access and enough anger to, to, to do something about it. The difference between an inner city school, someone's getting bullied and fought, and fought all, someone's getting bullied and is that we don't have access to AR-15s and M16s and machine guns and penetrating armor and things of that nature. We don't have access to that. So when you mix bullying with access with high power rifles, this what happened. What are the adults in our lives doing to raise awareness for these students that are getting bullied? You know, one thing for sure, two things for certain. If I was getting bullied in school, my mama didn't have no problem going up there and confronting the bully. And I didn't want my mama doing that. So I had to handle it the best way I could. Where's the accountability by the adult? Who are protecting our babies when they go inside of these schools for eight hours a day? What safe spaces are provided for our youth to talk about these things, about being bullied? If my kid told me he was getting robbed every week, he was getting bullied, or I had some type of indication that this was happening, and I'm sure someone in that school knew it was happening. We have to do something about this. How many mass shootings have to happen for us to understand the severity of bullying, as well as figuring out ways to resolve this? Yes, joning is always going to happen. I've been a victim of joning, and I've been uh, I've been the joner. I got jokes. In my high school, you had to have jokes or know how to fight, and a lot of us knew how to do both. There's a difference between kidding around and, and taking things personal and to that next level. I was able to establish it a long time ago. Somebody say, you know, my lips look like um, Jay-Z. I'm not going to get offended. It's a joke. But if someone say, you dumb because you're homeless, because you've been abused, because you've been in foster care, things like that, that's over the edge. We really have to figure out that line and be able to communicate that to our youth. Allowing ourselves to be able to express when something doesn't sit right or makes us uncomfortable. We just don't like it. Which I was blessed to have the opportunity to learn those tactics before I got in high school. So I was always EMA. You went too far, man. I ain't like that. Just being honest with myself and those around me. So blessings to those involved in that Texas high school shooting. Pray that the students get therapy that they need from experiencing that. And I'm looking forward to see how they move forward from that situation. Now, the more positive tip 
up. I've been busy, man. And that's why I haven't been able to give y'all one of these episodes in a while because I just traveling, getting in where I can, how I can. And I'm just, just happy to say that when things seem chaotic, there's a little person in the back of my mind that just say, stay the course, keep going. And that's what I've been able to do in these last three to four weeks, stay the course. And with that, there's been celebration. So I was recently in St. Louis and I received the Outstanding Young Alumni Award from the University of Missouri, St. Louis, which is my alma mater. I went there from 2013 to 2016, earning my bachelor's in anthropology. And I've been figuring out ways to stay involved. I was heavily involved as a student, but even after graduation, figuring out how can I stay engaged and involved in what's happening from a whole different state. And I've done just that. It's an honor to receive this award. So now I received two awards from my university. Most of the work that I've done was for, for others, was for organizations I was a part of, for students that I advocated for, and for faculty and staff members that I played liaison to, to get the voices and messages heard from the student body. Such privilege to be seen in this light and to sit on the cohort with so many dope people. I was the only person that wasn't a doctor. <laughs> so it was great, man. And I hope to build better relationships with my cohort, figure out how can we support each other and, and, and really strengthen our bond and make our university proud. I seen someone sign a $5 million check that night. And I was like, whoa. And that was from them. That wasn't even from the organization in which they are the CEO of. How do I put myself in a position for my wife and I to write a $5 million check for the greater good of students from a university that I've attended? And it ain't gonna stop with my university. It's gonna, it's gonna start with my high school. There's things that I would love to see done. We can start with a football field that can actually host games. That'd be a great start. We're currently ranked number four in the city for small high school football program. Salute Veshon High School, doing great stuff. When the football team matched the intensity and the notoriety of the basketball team, we're gonna have problems. A couple weeks ago, on my mom's birthday, launched the website, LD Munger and Associates. Actually, it's a relaunch. If y'all ever had time to see my first website, it was it was kind of boo-boo. Um, so after nine months, really investing time, effort, trying to get this thing up right. We relaunched the website, added some different pieces um, there. Again, I've been recognized as one of the best connectors in the land. So I love connecting people to exactly what they need. So LD Munger and Associates is a platform that's going to have all these different entities to build leadership and, and businesses. And me, I will be the facilitator of that. I will coach individuals into ensuring that they get these things done and that I'm holding them accountable. A lot of times we we have a list of things to do, but there's no follow-up. So I want to create that system where there's follow-up to make sure that things are getting done. I have so many different individuals in my network that have done an amazing job with developing me professionally, personally, that it's selfish if I hold all this information to myself. So I got a group of contracted consultants that will provide services in which they specialize in to help people get to where they want to go. So it doesn't matter if you want to start a small business or a profit, or if you're in a Fortune 500 um, company, or if you're in a nationally recognized nonprofit, and you want to take it to that next level, or you just a business leader that preparing for that next step. They want to really create a brand out of yourself and just want to know those necessary steps to get there. So if you're a speaker, if you are an entrepreneur, whatever you want to do, this is the space for you. I also have been accepted to the Orlando Economic Partnership Political Leadership Institute. So this is a six month program, half days, whole days, and just talk about the political campaign and process. Like who are the people you need to know? What do you need to know? What do you need to do to pair for um, candidacy? It's a nonpartisan. So it's pretty much free all and it's fully paid for. There were over a hundred applicants and out of that a hundred, they selected 20 and I just happened to be one of those 20. So that's great. And I'm, I also been nominated and accepted the 
the and I've also been nominated and accepted the role of incoming vice chair for the St. Cloud Chamber of Commerce, which is amazing. So not only was I the first nominated black man <laughs> to serve on a board for this organization, I also be the first African-American to serve as chair for this organization, which is a beautiful thing. There's been some great names that have held this position, doing great things in Orlando community, the Central Florida community, that have been doing great things in the Central Florida community. And I look forward to being those individuals. So yeah, that's what's popping, man. It's been a long week. It's been a long four weeks. It's been, it's just been long, man. I haven't had time to really share this with y'all. So I really appreciate y'all for waiting, for being patient. But now y'all know what's popping with me. So if there's something that's going on with you or you have something to say about what's going on with me, feel free to hit us up on our social media outlets at Vales World Podcast. Or if you just want to send some words of encouragement, y'all can email us at Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now to the hot topic. Ah, <sighs> pillow talking, man. So at first, pillow talking meant conversations that would have had like after sex. So if you see in the movies how people kind of use sex to open up individuals that they're around and get some information that they probably would never get before sex, um, that's where it kind of transitioned to. But just the, the, the summarized definition was conversations happen after intimacy sex. So it had became this exchange of information behind closed doors or someone's back. So now we hear it when someone say you pillow talking, it's not necessarily, it doesn't really have to be behind a closed door. It doesn't have to be laying down. It's just the act of talking about things that shouldn't be discussed to other people when those individuals not around. So that's how we use pillow talking now. And that's how I have experienced pillow talk. Oh man, you pillow talking. And yes, you can pillow talk with guys, you can guys and guys and women and women. It's, it's gossip, honestly. Stop telling folks info you are not not man enough to say for yourself to that individual. One thing about me, anything that I say, I probably have already said to that individual. So they already know. It's very rare that I'm having conversations about somebody that they don't know about, or I'm talking about somebody like that's very rare. Most of my conversations are that I've learned are about me. Um, I, I found out that when I'm comfortable around people, I love talking about myself and I usually don't like talking about myself, which is crazy. And I love hearing and talking about individuals. I don't like talking to people about other people. And when I find myself around those individuals, I tend to become distant. I like to keep conversations about the two individuals that's having a conversation. And if I can help with some type of decision making, problem solving, things of that nature, I will. But as it pertains to just pillow talking, that that ain't my thing. It's really not. I'm a real direct, straight shooter. And I've learned that some people don't like that style because they're used to the back talking, pillow talking type vibes. That ain't my thing. And the reason why I don't like pillow talking because it always get back to the person. Now, some people are intentional. They'll pillow talk so it can get back to the person so that they can have a conversation and or so they can alter some things. And, you know, that's a, a game within itself. But most people are not that smart. They just pillow talk to pillow talk, to vent, to talk to somebody. But then when they get back to the person, they can't hold their ground. They can't stand on what they said and all their thought process. And a lot of times pillow talking is because of lack of communication. If you feel some type of way about somebody, talk to that person, let them know how you feel. In a lot of cases, it wasn't even their intent to make you feel that way. And they probably don't even know because you have never said anything to them about it. And usually silence is acceptance. So if you don't say nothing about it, I'm just keep doing it because you never said nothing about it. Understand the role the person you are pillow talking to has on a situation or a relationship. So if you are pillow talking to a mutual friend about a friend that you all share, 
that doesn't seem too productive because now you are spreading your biased opinions, your experience with an individual to somebody else that may not share and or hold that experience. Now, what I do suggest in spaces like this is, and I'm a huge example of this, when I have a mutual friend and I know that my communication style may not be the best for a certain you know, particular person, I don't talk too much about the issue. I talk more about how do I communicate this to this individual so that it won't become a huge dispute, right? And sometimes people hold so much in that their conversation is just really letting out all of the things that they heard, experienced and seen from this individual. And which is cool to vent, but understanding the role of that person and what they can actually handle and take. Because a lot of times we put all of our anger and our experience with somebody negative and we're telling somebody and because that person love and mess with us, they're going to be just as angry, right? And the thing about that is they're going to be angrier longer than us because they don't have that relationship with that individual to kind of work through that. So now they have a biased opinion based on an indirect experience and things that they heard opposed to a direct experience. Like you could be nothing but positive to this person, never done anything in, in your life to this person. Probably don't even know this person like that. Just say hi and bye, keep it cordial, keep it moving. But because of the information that was gathered by another source that they love and trusted, now they have that same envy towards you. Even when the person that is in the middle has mended that and was able to get understanding and work through that. Because a lot of times when we vent, we talk about the bad things, but then we never follow up with the good things and how we resolve it. And in some cases when you're speaking with someone on situations like that they're they're not necessarily trained to help you come up with solutions to get past that so it's always important i feel like it's always important to have a therapist yes it's important to have your friends that you gossip with and all this other weird stuff it's just as important to have a therapist so you can communicate these things that make you uncomfortable and figure out why i am uncomfortable so that you can have a better way of explaining that to the person that's calling causing the discomfort to the person that's causing the discomfort and that's where growth lies a lot of our friends aren't therapists a lot of our friends are going to have biases because at the end of the day they want to they want the best interest of us not the situation it's very rare that you get an individual that wants the best out of the situation who's able to call you out on your bullshit and honestly we're not necessarily going to call the people that's going to call us out on our bullshit we're going to call the people that's going to agree with us and fire us up because that's what it's what we do so try your best when pillow talking to keep the relationship and situation first i'm not going to talk to person a and vent to person a when i know me person a and b we work together 24 hours a day but i will ask person a how can i communicate effectively to get to person b now i won't talk to person c about person B, if I know they have a mutual relationship outside of this, right? And I think those things are important because again, pillow talking, it always get back to the person. It always get back to the person and it usually get back to the person at the wrong time. So keep that in mind. If you're going to pillow talk, do it with someone that has no idea or no investment in the situation and pillow talking is inevitable. Like it's going to happen. We all are guilty of pillow talking. Just make sure you're being responsible, right? Make sure that A and B aren't in the same group, aren't in the same city, aren't 
really effective. Make sure you're thinking about the situation and the relationship of the people that you're venting to. Make sure that, you know, the individuals that you're venting to have no investment in, in the person or the situation. Make sure that you are identifying clearly like, hey, I don't want guidance in this. I just want to get this off my chest. I just want to speak. And ultimately, if it's really bothering you, get a therapist, man. Find a professional to, to talk to so that you can move forward. Holding anger, envy, and things on your heart doesn't resolve anything. Thing. Pillow talking to a significant other, that's going to happen. But be responsible, right? Especially when you pillow talking to a significant other around others that's supposed to be significant to your life. I won't talk to my girlfriend about issues that I'm having with my bros. I won't talk to my mother, God bless her soul, with issues that I have with my close friends to that extent where she's placing judgment and she feel like she has to defend me and take up for me. That now she's walking around and she's sharing these same experiences with others when they never happened to her directly. I never share business with people that's not a part of the business. If I'm having business issues and concerns, I figure that out the business table. I don't take those conversations and those issues to my bedroom. Now, what I may do is ask, how can I effectively communicate this? But I'm not talking about issues that I'm having with somebody to my significant other, to my best friend, when I know they all have to be centered around and pulled through in my life at the same time. Don't create awkwardness to the people you love and want to bring around because that creates separation. That creates dishonest. That creates distrust. Because if you're talking to me about this individual, it's no way in hell I shouldn't think that you're not talking to that individual or others about me the way you talk to about that person and that person you're supposed to love, that person you're supposed to be making money with, that person's supposed to be your bro. Pillow talk responsibly, man, if you're going to do it. Let me know y'all thoughts about this episode. Peace and love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Join me in my journey to success by following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Veils World Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like to address, or you just want to sponsor or feature on an upcoming episode, email me at veilsworldpodcast at ldmonger.com. Veils World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave a review or a voice message, and more importantly, support. For as little as 99 cents a month, we can take this thing a long way. Love. It's the team.